I am Brooklyn-based psychotherapist Nikita Banks, and I am your host of the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. If you would like to reach out to us for feedback or show suggestions, show topics, please feel free to contact us at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to new or past episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. If you are having trouble listening to us on your preferred platform, or if you want us to be on a platform that we're not currently on, make sure that you send us a private message on our Instagram page at Black Therapist Podcast, or you can just drop us a message or send us an email at blacktherapistpodcast.com. If you want insider tips, resources, and access to our free mental health course, make sure that you text Get Happy to 66866. And my new book, Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy, is available right now on Amazon. You can go to our website or go to our Instagram pages and click the link and purchase because we want to help you get your relationships together for 2018 and beyond. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey, hey, hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. So, I have been, I feel like I'm going t-shirt crazy because I had, um, new designs put up on the website i thought that it would be finished already by the time you hear this show if you hear this show outside of february 2019 then the site will be up and that'll be black therapist podcast slash shop um but i keep adding more things (laughs) to the damn shop so the assistant who's making the shop she hasn't really been able to like completely finish it so Hopefully within the next few days, it'll be up and it'll be done. But in one of my groups, uh, somebody posted up this like generic black therapy tea. And I was like, man, I like that. That's cute. But if you like that, I got I got something for you, mama. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about what we have coming up in terms of like podcast merchandise. And I've been looking at other people's stuff and I don't want to toot my own horn. But beep beep. We've um. We've really come up with a, a lot of good products, and I actually at this point I have to stop ordering stuff uh, because my house is almost like a warehouse at this point because I've been getting so many things. But that's besides the point. Um, the last two weeks I have been going live on my Instagram page on Thursdays at 3 p.m., which is supposed to be my administrative day, which is the day I go to. Uh, the insurance companies and I asked them to run me my money which takes them forever to do but I've been dedicating the last three weeks to okay well the last two weeks to going live at 3 p.m. on Thursdays and you guys seem to like it so if you want to join our weekly live on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Please feel free to do so. You may hear some noise in the background because it's Sunday and I'm doing laundry. Um, 
And um, I don't know if other people record in studios, but with my schedule, I'm either recording at my office or in my home. So it is what it is. But yeah, that's that's it. Our free course, Healthy Relationship for Boss Chicks. Learn Relationship Cheat Codes in 20 Minutes a Day. It's still available. The uh, coupon code for our full mental health course, which is Finding Happy 7 Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy, has expired. So if you didn't go in and get your seat for the full course, shame on you, because now it's going to cost you $100 more. And I don't know when I'm going to relaunch it. And I'm pretty sure, as I told you guys before, once I start the class and start the cohort and get people in it, you know, it'll it'll change. I don't know if it'll change drastically. I don't know if it'll change a little bit. But, you know, it'll change and modify because people will be in the course. They'll test it. They'll tell me what they like, tell me what they don't like. And so there will be modifications. So, number one, I'm not sure if the course will stay as cheap as it is currently right now. The course, because you missed the coupon code, which expired on February 20th, which would have gotten you $100 off. Um, the course is $350 and what you get in the course is you get eight weeks of video lessons, you get assignments, uh, workbook and homework assignments, and you get three biweekly, uh, group coaching sessions with me and everyone else, as well as you get one, one one-on-one session with me. So if you missed it, shame on you because it the course closes what day does it close let me look at the date i want to say the course closes in seven days yeah so by march 3rd the the course will be closed so it'll be the last seven days that you can get in on the course right now we're still offering the the one-on-one sessions and the group coaching calls but like i said i'm not really sure if it'll stay in the next reiteration of this program because my time is limited but I feel like doing it without one-on-one time with me is just doesn't make any sense at the way the way it is currently plus I want to know what you what you want I want to know what your issues are I want to be able to help you resolve problems that you have currently and give you implementable strategies that you can go out and take into the world and make yourself happier live a life on purpose live a life of purpose and achieve your dreams and be passionate about making relationships that are built on principles of health and happiness. Okay. Okay. So that that's that. So, um, when I first decided that I was going to do the four weeks of lives, um, I put out to the people what, what you wanted me to talk about, because I had to, general topics that I was going to discuss one was um I said four last week and on the episode I said four but I gave you five five personality types to avoid for love connection that was the that was last week and I think the week before what did we talk about I just yeah I told y'all previously I'll just be on here talking I don't always remember what we talk about um let me see. Don't you love that black women could do that? I do that more than I should. <laughs> and I don't know if other cultures do that mouth thing. Well, I know it's like African people do it. Maybe West Indian people do it. Like pop your, pop 
pop you out the roof of your mouth. Anyway, um, well, I don't remember what the first week was, but if you want to see the recap of those shows, they are on Black Therapist Podcast Instagram page on my IG TV. And shout out to you guys because I think it the last time I looked, they each of them had about fifteen hundred views. I think one of them had about two thousand views. So apparently you like the lives. So I'm going to see if I can keep doing them on Thursdays for a while. Okay. Instagram going off, um, for a while. And, um, oh, oh, shoot. I got nominated for an award. I forgot to tell you guys about that. If you care about me even a little bit and you want to vote for me, you can go to the link on my bio. Um, but I was nominated by, let me see, nominated by, I was nominated for an award by Congressional Research Institute for Social Work Policy, CRISP, is for the, by the National United States Congress. And my category is Outstanding Individual in Business. And obviously I've been nominated for the work that I do here on Black Therapist Podcast, so um, if you want to vote for me, like I said, the link is in my bio. If you want to just shout me out and let me know that you love what we're doing here at Black Therapist Podcast, let me know. If you are a therapist and you are listening to the sound of my voice, you want to be on Black Therapist Podcast, please also let me know because I haven't done collaborations yet for 2019, but I promise you that I will. I got some people I really, 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 really want to get on this show. Like, really, 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 really. Um, and I'm hoping to schedule those interviews soon. But March is crazy for me. Um, every year in March, I go to the United States Congress to advocate for some social work policies. And that happens at the end of the month. Hopefully, when I get there, they will give me this award that I win. I'm hoping to win. <laughs> um because they say it's nice to be nominated. It's, that's cute. That's that's real cute. But a win is a win. So I'm hoping to win. Uh, so that happens in March. I have a bunch of trainings that I have to do in March. My practice is like jumping. So that's a good thing. So I'm kind of booked up in March for my practice. As you know, we, we launched the course that is starting this week, but starting in March. Um, so my schedule is like crazy and to do collaborative interviews is hard to edit and it takes a lot more time to coordinate with the other person. Sometimes people cancel, sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. So I just like to kind of just record when I have time to record and rely. I'm very self-reliant on myself. And so people, when you ask people to support your dream, they show up whenever they feel like it. And I, and I get that. And, um, I, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot better at not taking it personal. I used to take it personal, like, damn, nobody shows up for me. They don't do what they say they're going to do. Nobody keeps their word anymore. But I mean, I kind of take the, take, this is going to sound horrible, but I kind of take the approach to asking other people to do anything for me. Like I took, dating in my 20s so when I was 20 years old and I had my first apartment 
with no dishes. My mother bought me dishes and she bought me a microwave. Shout out to Miss Banks for thinking ahead, right? But I didn't buy those things for myself. It wasn't something that I even invested in myself. I told my mama I got an apartment. My mama said, cool, I'm going to send you a care package. She sent me a microwave. She sent me dishcloths. She sent me washcloths. She sent me some dishes and some silverware. Shout out to Mama Banks because those are not things that I even thought about purchasing. Even though I had my first apartment, right? So... Um, I didn't cook too much. And because I didn't cook too much, what I used to do was I used to play a game called whoever showed up got was, first was the winner. So I would invite three or four guys. This makes me sound bad, Lord. I, I promise you I'm, I'm working. I'm a work in progress. I'm back in therapy as well. So my therapist ain't through with me yet, which is also one of our t-shirts <laughs> coming up. But, um, um, what I used to do is I used to just kind of go out and meet guys throughout the week. And whoever showed up when I called, like, okay, it's Monday. I don't have nothing, nothing to eat, nothing in the fridge, no dinner, no dinner plans. I would call two or three guys and then see who showed up first. And whoever else, whoever showed up first got me and whoever didn't got left. So whenever I, I try to approach doing certain things in business, at this point in my life, I ask multiple people to do stuff that I cannot do. Um, and then I learn to do things on my own. So if I have to pay for something, I know that I'm getting what I paid for. And so it becomes a pain in the neck, kind of vetting people. But I realize, especially in 2019, especially where I am in business right now, especially how I'm feeling about things, that people just don't show up for you when you want them to, they show up for you when they feel like it. And, um, you know, even, even launching this course, I had a couple of people that I I hired to do some things, copywriting, getting some writers to come up and and do some emails for me doing like my, my pages, everything. I mean, two of them called me after the deadline and I was like, what, what, what? And I don't set deadlines in my business, not with my interns, not with my assistant, not with anybody that I hire unless there's like a time that I need it by. I'll let you know what time I need it by and then I'll let you give me what time you can do it by. And so if those two things are in alignment, if you can do it before the time that I need it by, then I'm good. But if you give me a time to do something and then you don't show up for it, how can I take you seriously? Like it's, it's unfortunate that I, I can't, I cannot take you seriously. So there's that. Um, and I just remembered something that I didn't do that I was supposed to do that I was asked to do. And maybe they can't take me seriously. Just joking. My schedule is crazy. So, um, also if you send me an email, if you ask me to come to your event, if you, you've asked me to support your, uh, organization, the best way to get me to do that is to email me, shoot me a couple of dates. Let me shoot you a date back. Follow up with me before the date and then, and then follow up with me in that week. My brain is all over the place and, and you know, launching our e-commerce store or our, our merch, merch shop, uh, building the courses that I'm building for myself, um, managing the websites, even though I have an intern, uh, I have an intern, but my intern doesn't work directly for my practice, um, and an assistant, 
even if you have an assistant, you have to kind of make a list of things that your assistant has to do. And and currently right now, the project that she's there, she's working on the projects that she's working on. I don't really want to pull her off of anything just to remind me about an email. So you, you guys have to be diligent about following up with me. And if I miss something, hell, charge it to my head. Definitely not to my heart. But, I, you know, anybody who listens to this show knows that I'm prone to, like, scatterbrain. <laughs> scatterbrainness. The only time you really, truly get me to focus is money, romance, and therapy. Like, those are the three times that I'm really completely focused. Not even in meditation. Sometimes, unfortunately, not even in prayer. Definitely not when I'm working out. My mind wanders sometimes in intimate, in intimate situations. Like, so those are the only three times you really truly get me present. And I'm trying to, to be more present um, now than ever. But therapy, um, work, like my, my actual therapy, when I'm in my own therapy session with my therapist and when I am a therapist in those sessions. Um, see, I don't even know what the hell I said. Yeah. Let's get into today's show. So, uh, I feel like I talk about toxic relationships more than anything, but I was asked to talk about toxic relationships this, this week. And what I want to talk about is not just toxic relationships, but how to renegotiate roles in toxic relationships and why you need to renegotiate roles in toxic relationships. If you read my book, Finding Happy Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy, or if you have listened to this show, then you know I talk a lot about navigating the relationships that I have in my family. And unfortunately, a lot of my relationships in my family are not healthy ones. And it's not because I haven't tried to inject health in the situation like you can you could give something a booster shot as many times as you possibly can or throw vitamins at cancer right but it unless you you radiate it right radiate love positivity um good energy into the situation right it's just like having cancer radiation shrinks those deadly cells and if you are not radiating positivity and um love into those relationships and the other person isn't being receptive to that there's really nothing that you could be able to do for that so I feel like I mean I'm not even really sure if there's more we could talk about toxic relationships so what I'm going to talk about today is learning how to renegotiate your roles in toxic relationships. And I take this directly from our course, Finding Happy Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy. So for me with my dad, what I had to do was learn to see him as he was. At some point I got to to realize that it was disrespectful of me to continue to hope that he be something that he, he wasn't equipped to be. Um, I had this fantasy in my mind that he would be the dad that would show up for me, the dad that would rescue me, the dad that would would give me money and like take care of me. And like, you know, my grandfather often told me not to give up on my dad. That was like one of his dying wishes. He was like, don't don't count your father out. 
and don't give up on him. And so I never did. Like there was this expectation in my, in my, my family outside of like any of my siblings that I was supposed to believe in my father more than anybody else. And I, obviously I bought into that. Um, a lot of us, we take on roles in our families that are not roles that we volunteered for. These are roles that we were assigned to. And I recently had a conversation with one of my girlfriends who she has a cousin who I don't particularly, I mean, this is not nice, but I don't think the cousin is particularly all that cute. Um, but that's just on my eyesight. But my, my friend is a pretty girl. She has had a lot of privileges in her life, but it's not really where you start out. It's where you end up. Right. And so the, the cousin is extremely competitive and comparative to my friend. And so we recently had a conversation with her and I said, well, at what point do you stop putting yourself in a situation with this cousin that doesn't treat you nicely? Because every time you go somewhere with her, you come back to me and then you want to complain to me about the way your, your family treats you. And number one, I can't say anything bad about the family member, even though the family member has said bad things about me. And I don't even, for the life of me, remember meeting her. Like, that's how in, insignificant the contact that she and I have had. I only really know anything about this cousin from what my friend has said about her. And if you tell me a bunch of things about your family member that I don't, number one, I don't know that I, number two, I don't have any kind of personal intimate contact with. I'm never, I, she, they said I met the girl and the girl didn't like me for whatever reason. <laughs> I'm crying, but I don't remember meeting this person and I, I don't really care about her. But if my friend keeps continuing to tell me something about somebody that's continuing to hurt them, do you think that I would like this person like do you think that this is the person that I you would be fostering goodwill by telling me all of these negative things about this person right so what I said to my friend was I said um not to judge you on this situation but every single time you come back from spending time with this family member you tell me bad stories about her a I think you should get a therapist or go back to therapy so that you can talk these things out about the person with somebody who's non-biased non-judgmental and is not gonna harbor resentment if resentful feelings towards his cousin because I don't like this cousin not because I don't know I know this cousin or the cousin did anything to me I don't like the way she treats my friend who I genuinely love right so I told her you need to go and tell somebody else this stuff about this cousin but but furthermore Let's do you would you want to explore why you continue to put yourself in cer certain social situations with this cousin when you know the only reason that she wants you to be around is to flaunt her newfound success and her newfound wealth to make you feel some sort of way. Like, why do you keep putting yourself in these social situations? I'm not saying don't go home for the holidays. I'm not saying avoid her at Thanksgiving. I'm saying why in the world would you continue to go out of the country with her when you know that when you get there, she's going to be mean to you. And then you go out of the country with her and her friends. So you're completely on her ter territory. You're isolated and you don't even have any allies. Like at what point do we stop signing up for voluntary suffering? And so uh, 
I'm not really sure if I got through to her or if she understood what I was trying to say. It really wasn't part of where I, I mean, where I was coming from was just like, do you really want to continue to do this? Um, and she, I don't remember what answer she gave me, but I guess I'll find out the next time she calls me to tell me about this cousin and I tell her I, I got another call and um, I'm gonna call her back because I'm really good for that. So lesson number one in um, toxic relationships, change the damn subject. I'm, I'm a master of changing the subject when somebody talks about something that I don't want to talk about. I'm very good at drawing boundaries in relationships where there needs to be. I have a friend of mine, and there was a time that my, my older sister and I were not on great terms, and that's fine. And I had a friend of mine who also had relations with my sister, not relations like sex. That's not a good thing. That's not what I meant. But she, he had a, like a prior relationship with my sister outside of the relationship that I had with him. And I think because he thought there was a rift between the relationship with my sister and I that he could be my ally by talking bad about my sister. And I had to draw the line and be like, listen, that's my sister. And if you have anything negative to say to her, she's a really big girl. You can go and speak to her and say whatever you need to say to her, to her face. But don't talk bad about my sister to me. And like, I don't, I, I don't want to engage in that. I'm not going to participate in that. And you're not being an ally and a friend to me by doing that. Like, I know that there are some people out there that view, you know, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I don't really play like that. Like, if you don't like my enemy, that's that's your business. Go on over there with, with somebody else and talk. Like, I don't really want to engage in that unless it has some sort of therapeutic value. Like, sometimes, there are some times that I've been upset with something that my sister has done and I've needed to process that information. But I, I've also learned not to go to my friends about that. Because just like I said with my girlfriend and her cousin, that makes my friends feel some sort of way about my family member. And then you make up with the person or you you're still family with the person, you still blood with the person. And then somebody got else has something negative to say, like, stop bringing other people into your mess. If you're looking for an ally, look for an ally. I realize that people usually only tell you their business for a few reasons. Number one, they are telling you their business or because they want to vent. They don't want your opinion. They don't want you to tell them what to do. They're not looking for somebody to hold them accountable. They really just want you want to get it off their mind. Right. Then some people tell you their business, especially if there's a dispute between them and somebody else, because they want you to agree. Yup, yup, yup. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing that because that's what my sister used to. My, my sister does when she's on the phone, guys. But she's like, yup, yup. So they just want you to be. You want they want a yes man. They want you to agree. Let them know that they are right. Everybody else is wrong. Fuck that bitch, right? And then the third thing is they want an ally. They want somebody to take their side over the other person's side. So whenever I'm talking to somebody about a dispute, I'm, I make 
or I had with somebody else. I asked myself, am I looking to vent? Am I looking for an ally? Or am I looking for, I don't remember what the other one was. Oh, yes, man. I'm looking for somebody to yes me to death. Usually I want somebody to agree with me. Or if you're healthy, which I would like to think that I'm healthy. Sometimes I want them to check me. Sometimes I do want a different perspective. Sometimes I really do want advice on what to do. Sometimes I really do want to see what what I could have missed in the situation. And one time my therapist friend hit me over the head with, is there anything that you could have done differently? And it was a very toxic relationship. And that was at work. And I really didn't like my boss who I hear listens to this show now. Shout out to you if you're listening right now. But it was a big dispute at work and something happened. And it was something really like mind blowing for me. I I was, I was, what is it? I was side, side swiped. I mean, side swiped is like a car accident, but that's kind of how it was. Blindsided. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) I was blindsided by the fact that she drew a wedge between me and somebody in the office who was an ally. And when I went to go speak to my coworker about it, I was like upset. One of the few people of color in the office, one of the the coworkers that I had, he asked me if there was anything that I could have done differently. And... I thanked him for asking me that question because it allowed me to take responsibility for the things that I could control in a relationship. So back to toxic family members. If you are in relationship with someone who is toxic, and we'll get into the definition of how you define what toxic is, you have to be controlled and diligent about how you engage with this person. You have to be controlled and diligent about what information you allow them to have access to. You have to be controlled and diligent about how you respond to certain things that happen and not react to them. And the difference between responding is thinking about what you're going to do and answering a um, stimulus, right? Whether an, a- an action with a response. A reaction is not something you think about. It's just something you get. Like if I punch you in your eye right now, trust me, that's a reaction. And if I, you know, call your manager, if you do something in the store and we at work and I have a conversation and I write corporate, that's a response. Like sometimes you have to take the high road and a lot of that doesn't happen in relationships with our family because they know too much about us. They know how to get us. They know how to get us. They, They know how to get us. They know how to get us. But we have a right to decide what we want to engage in. I have a cousin who I love dearly. Oh, that's why I started telling. So I started telling the story about the other two cousins. But I'm going to just segue into my own cousin. It's pretty much the same story. Um, our relationship had been strained ever since we grew up. And it was because of the roles that were assigned to us in the family. And 
in that conversation with my girlfriend and about her and her cousin what I told her was is I don't even think she she recognizes why she doesn't like you I said it could possibly be something that happened between your mother and her mother growing up I said because the 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 amount of resentment that's fostered between the two of y'all don't really seem like it has anything to do with either one of y'all like, I know your heart. I know what kind of person you are. I know how you engage with this sister cousin. You know, she's like a sister cousin to her. I know that you've really extended yourself to her. I've known what you've done for her over the years. So there's no real reason that she should be so nasty to you unless this is some deep-seated, rooted stuff. And she don't like you. And I've had to come to that realization with my own cousin, um... Because growing up, I don't know what happened or why it happened or when it happened, but my family gave us roles. And, you know, when you are the cute one or the pretty one or the dainty one and somebody else is, you know, the masculine one or the ugly one or the the boyish one or whatever it is, like you internalize those things. It becomes me versus that person. And I worked really, 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 really hard on that relationship over the years. Forgetting past transgressions, like getting me jumped (laughs) in the street. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like real things, fist fights. Like these are real, real things, like not just arguments, right? We worked really, really hard to have a good relationship and in the end, how it ended was she and I had a, an adult conversation and I was like, listen, um, she, matter of fact, she had, she had, in, she had intruded on a private situation between my, myself and my father and my, my other sister. And I had asked her not to do it and she did it anyway. And when we had that conversation, I was like, yo, I really respect you. I really love you. We've worked really, really hard. I don't quite understand why you did what you did, but we need to like have some boundaries moving forward. And what she said to me was like, well, I don't really care anyway. I just tolerate you. And I said, okay, well, uh, again, like I said, I love you. I don't like, we've worked really hard in this relationship. I really care about you. I really want things to be different moving forward and a little bit more healthier than things have been in the past. Um, like what can we do different? And she was like, I don't care. I just tolerate you. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't need to be around anybody who just tolerates me. I, I need to be around a place where I feel loved. I feel secure. I feel celebrated. I, I feel, and, and maybe this is, maybe this is not a big thing. As I'm listening, you know, saying it out loud, maybe it was it was not as big of a thing as either one of us made it, but it was extremely hurtful to me because I don't want to be tolerated. Like that felt horrible to me in that moment, and I didn't make a big deal out of it. I just was like, you know what, I I will call you back. I'm busy right now. I have something to do, and I hurried up and got off the phone, and that was like the end of it. And because of the way our family works, there hasn't been another social setting where we needed to see each other. There hasn't been another situation, but she's been talking about me. 
behind my back. And it was just like, eh, some things I can deal with, some things I can't. I, I can't do everything every day. Everything ain't for everybody and everybody ain't for everybody. I, I'm good over here on my side of the street. And there's been times that, you know, my dad has called to say things about this family member. My, my, my aunt has called me to gossip about this family member. You know, other family members have called me to say things about the family member. And I like gossip, so I listen. You know, I'm a human being. But I, I try not to engage in foolishness when, it, when it's not necessary. Like, I don't want to rile up any ill will between anybody especially when I don't have any ill will for them the opposite of love is not hate it is indifference and while I wish this person well I don't give fuck one way or the other so I'm not really gonna put a whole lot of energy into hating the person or hating on the person Whatever's going to happen to her or for her benefit in life is going to happen to her or for her benefit in life. And there's nothing that I'm going to be able to do to assist that. There's nothing that I'm not putting any energy in wishing anything bad on her. I just, you know, I I think that I've gotten to this point in all of my relationships that when a person shows you who they are, you believe them and you have to give people the the autonomy I had to make sure I was recording you have to give people the autonomy to decide what they won't really won't engage in it's possible that she doesn't want to be my friend because I make her feel bad and I remind her of a time in in history where she felt bad about herself or I make her feel I don't give her good feels. I don't give her good energy. I don't give her good vibes. And so she has a right to to decide that she doesn't want to engage in that. And hell, I got a a right to decide that I don't want to just be tolerated. I'm too fucking fabulous for somebody just to tolerate me. I'm too much of an asset on anybody's team to be tolerated. If you are my true friend, if you've ever been around me, if you're a stranger and you're in need of help and I got the information, you got the hookup. Like, I didn't call it the the course relationship cheat codes for anything because that's, you know, that's what it is. That's who I am. And so, um, in my own family, I've recognized that I can only go around certain family members when I have the mental fortitude and strength to deal with them and deal with whatever version of them shows up. I I have to be able to deal with whoever they desire to be in that moment when they come around me and I have a family which is a cast of characters cast of characters and I've I've I used to want them to be who I wanted them them to be and how arrogant and narcissistic and selfish is it that you want somebody to show up in the way you want them to show up, not taking into account what their day was like, what they've gone through, the traumas that they've had, what their experiences are. Like that's not even realistic and it's not fair. I think a lot of us that think that we're in relationships that are toxic, we just we're just not empathetic to the plight of the other person. A lot of us just want, we want so badly for that other person to be different than who they are. 
that we behave badly when they come around. So some of this is stuff that we need to check on our own and we need to, we need to check for ourselves. So, um, I believe that toxic, unhealthy relationships are relationships that don't allow for you to learn, grow and change. A lot of people that we are in relationship with would like to keep us where they feel most comfortable with us being. And what I mean by that is if you have a family member who always comes to you to borrow money from you, they want you to not know anything about financial abuse. They don't want you to learn anything about getting your finances in orders and, and, and Xing them out, right? Because it doesn't benefit them that you have this knowledge. It doesn't benefit you that you have this benefit them that you have this experience. It may benefit you, but then if it benefits you, it may also change the dynamics of the relationship. And a lot of people want to keep us in subservient positions in relationships. So if your relationship doesn't allow you to learn, grow and change, it's, it definitely is unhealthy, even if you won't call it toxic, right? But um, a lot of toxic relationships are abusive, right? But that's on the surface. You know if somebody is abusing you, if they're using you, if you feel unfulfilled in the relationships, if your needs are never getting met, if they want, 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 but don't ever want to give, 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 then you know these are toxic relationships, right? Um, but you also have a right to renegotiate your roles. In the course, what we do is we teach you how to identify what roles you play in different social settings, uh, let me use myself for example. So in my life, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. In my life and in my relationships, I like to be the authority. I usually believe that I'm the smartest one in the room. And if I am not the smartest one in the room, I am, I'm completely aroused. Maybe not sexually, but definitely intellectually. Like if you know more than me, if you've done something that I haven't done, holy shit, I'm, I'm bowing to your genius. But usually, I know a lot. I'm very well read. My, my younger sister is extremely well read. My mother is well read. My, my father was, you know, really smart, even though he was a jerk. Um, and so my son is smarter than me, and he's, he's an asshole about it. I'm not that bad, but I also don't have a penis. And so, and so if in my relationships, I'm usually the authority. It didn't help or did it that I became a psychotherapist because people come to me for advice, but I can literally be sitting on a bus stop, minding my own business with my headphones in and people will come to me and ask me for advice for, for whatever purpose. I don't know if it's something that I radiate, if it's something that whatever. So I've always become the authority in my relationships. I've always been the authority in my family. And that's just the role that I've taken on. Unfortunately, not everybody wants to have a 10 year old authority or 12 year old authority. And I, it took me having a 10 year old and a five year old and a two year old authority, which was my son to recognize that. Like I remember one time I came home and I got a job at ESPN and I was speaking to my son and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. I got this job. Aru. Everything's going to be great. And my son looked at me. He's like, do you think you're worthy? And I was like, jeez, dude, you're six. 
And I was like, do you know what worthy is with your smart ass? And he was like, yeah, like you do, you deserve it. And I was like, oh, shit, he knows what it means. Okay, now I have to answer him. Yes, sir. I'm not really sure if I'm worthy, but I do think that I worked hard and I think I'll work hard to maintain it. So <laughs> it kind of let me know. And my son and I have this, we said share the same birthday. So a lot of the same personality traits, but he's like me on steroids. And so it allowed me to see that sometimes being the authority robs other people of their right to self-discovery. So now in conversations, especially because I'm in light of what I told you earlier, that people come to you for advice, I say in air quotes for different reasons, or they come to you to vent for different reasons, or they tell you their business for different reasons. Now, instead of just giving somebody advice, I will ask them if they want advice, or I'll ask them if they want me to just listen, or I'll ask them what's the best way to, for me to support you in this moment. Because people want to be seen, and sometimes they want to be heard. They definitely want to be acknowledged, but they don't always want you to fix things and they don't always want you to talk to them. And they, they don't always want you to do that thing that you do um, because it, 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 it sometimes who we choose to be doesn't benefit the other person. Sometimes who we choose to be robs them of their autonomy. It robs them of the right to learn the lessons that they need to learn. It robs them of the skills that they need to be who they need to be and learning the lessons that they need. Like sometimes we don't allow people to fall, but when you fall, you get up and you, you do things properly. Like I literally, you know, in launching this course, there's this whole thing and I'm doing like these, these classes and I have a, a business coach and the coach called me last week and she was like, okay, you've done this. What do you think you need to do differently? And I told her, I don't know what I need. I don't know yet. I said, I know that I thought I was at one part of the the process. Like I thought I was in the end part of the process. But now that I'm in the process, I realize that I'm in the middle and I may be still closer to the front. But in order for you to ask me what I need next, I can't tell you until I do what I need now. Right. Like we kind of almost need to go through the lessons that we need to go through in life to learn what we need to, to learn to make a process elimination of what we, we don't want. And, and so if you're not dating or putting yourself out there or you're not trying new things and you're not failing at stuff, then you are never going to be able to succeed at anything because you have to be able to fail in order to learn the lessons that you need to learn so that you can succeed. Like you have to switch, pivot and shift. You're going to have to change things up and shake it up and test, test, test. Like testing is part of relationship building. Testing is part of life skills. I didn't know that I couldn't do anything without failure. I didn't know that succeeding required me to fail. I had to mess things up. And if you look at it from a scientific basis, there are researchers that are out there trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and failing until they find a cure. And so with a lot of our family members, what we kind of have to do is learn to shift and change and learn what is not working and look at if, look at our desired results are being met with what we've been trying. And if you haven't been successful doing it this way, maybe you need new information. Maybe you need to try a new strategy. Maybe you need to get a therapist or a coach. Maybe you need somebody else to hold you accountable. Maybe you need somebody outside of yourself to look at the things that you are doing and tell you what's right and what's wrong. 
But what I am grateful for in terms of my relationships are concerned is that I'm not the person I used to be because I was I was a beast and I still have like I still have monster tendencies. Sometimes I'm beauty and the beast, but sometimes I'm just the beast. Um, And I have pretty great relationships with my parents. My father passed away. I talked about that already. But in his in his ending, I was able to kind of forgive him of, of his transgressions and see him as he was. I, I was able to take take the toxic stuff and live with it. It's almost like hand sanitizer, right? We have we have gotten to the, the stage in life where we use hand sanitizer so much that we were getting rid of the bad bacteria with with the good. And there is good bacteria. Like some of us have to learn the lessons that we need to learn in our family in order to put us in a good position in the world and in in a way to learn our resilience and a way to build up our immunity to some of the bullshit that happens when we get out in the world. But some of it, we have to, we have to leave and we have to learn to be like, you know what? I see what my mother did. I don't want to be that kind of parent. I see what my dad did. I don't want to be that kind of parent. I see what, you know, my uncle did to my dad. I don't want to be that kind of brother. Or I don't want to be that kind of sister. And we just have to kind of like na- learn to navigate things, see them as they are and remove the emotion from it. When my sister and I were able to mend our issues and they were deep seated and I had no idea that they had to do with stuff that happened in childhood that I had absolutely nothing to do with. Um, and so we had a conversation and my sister kept talking about her feelings and I heard that you said this and I heard that you said that and I said, but you didn't call your sister. And she was like, well, yeah, because so-and-so said and and -and so-and-so said. And I was like, well, you don't know so-and-so's motives. You never, ever once called me. And I've reached out and I've called you and I've come to visit and I've seen you and I've tried to speak to you and you've never once reached out to me. And she kept talking about feelings and I was like, but you did not call your sister. And my sister never apologizes because she never does anything wrong. She's a cancer. And I like to call cancer suicide bombers because they will take you down the whole building and themselves as long as they get to get their target. Right. And so she apologized. And that was extremely huge for our relationship. Because I'm usually the apologist. But she, she called me and she apologized. And she was like, you know what? You were right. And what I said to her was, moving forward in this relationship, these are, these are the boundaries that I have. And these, this is what I need. And if you can't do it, that's fine. But if you say you're going to do it, I expect it. And we worked our way back from where we were to you know, a, a really healthy place. And so it's, it's worth it. I personally don't think that you should ever really stop speaking to anybody, even though I said, I'm not speaking to my cousin. I'm not, not speaking to her. If she calls me today and she needs me 
you know, a conversation has to happen, but we, I would never, like, I don't not answer my phone if anybody calls me and I don't turn my back on my family if they need me. Um, even if I got to curse them out first before I help them, I'm going to say whatever I got to say and then I'm going to move forward. I, I don't harbor any resentments. I don't leave things unsaid. If I like you, I like you. If I don't like you, you know why? Um, I, I don't have unprocessed feelings for people like oh when you meet strangers sometimes that you may not like them because of their energy and you can't really put your name your your finger on a tangible reason for that I can do that with strangers I cannot do that with family I don't I don't like funny energy I don't like putting myself in situations that are not necessary to be in or if they're not positive or they're not healthy but I never exclude myself from a chance to be in the presence of people I love and who love me and we share DNA and so I hope this helps I'm kind of rambling Thursday will be a little bit better but I feel like I've talked so much I've talked so much about boundaries I've talked so much about toxic family I talked so much about having a narcissistic father I talked so much about you know, like I feel like I've talked about families to death. And so there are several other past episodes you can listen to if you are dealing with toxic family members. Uh, the the death of my father uh, episode, toxic family members going home for the holidays episode. I mean, you could just go on the site and Google, Google family. I talk about I really talked about toxic family members a lot um the financial abuse show is a good one I'm getting emotional it's family stuff is really really hard to navigate because I know that all you want to do is belong and all you want to do is be accepted and when when your family of origin doesn't accept you it's really difficult but Sometimes it's a blessing. I think I saw a meme recently that said the black sheep of the family was usually the healthy one in the bunch. And sometimes you when you are the black sheep or you feel like you are the persecuted one in your family, it's really just because you are healthy enough to see the bullshit and the dysfunction that exists around you. And you just you can't be a part of that. I, I weep in my family system for my mom. My mom is really an outsider of her her siblings and only because she didn't engage in drugs like she never used drugs she doesn't drink she doesn't smoke so she was kind of like the outsider in the family which is unfair like she had her life together she she owns property she's always had a job like how is being a functioning functional member of society a reason to be isolated from your family like I'll never get but I understand why that happens and it becomes very hurtful to feel like you're on the outside of a family system and so if you guys are going through this if you've you've been in toxic family relationships if you're navigating toxic family relationships I want you guys to to say a prayer to Nay. um do a ritual of forgiveness forgive yourself for some of the things that you need to forgive yourself for and the part that you play in the relationship build some boundaries on behaviors of what you will and will not accept make amends where you need to 
um, make some phone calls and just check in on some family members. I, my aunt, <laughs> I talk about my family so much in this damn show, but my aunt is so mean to like the majority of my family, right? But I don't have a problem with her. I call her whenever, sometimes just to check on her. Because sometimes I just want to have that family love. And she, I know she ain't going to call me, but I call her. Like sometimes you have to you have to show up for a, a person in the way that you want them to show up for you just so that they know that that's what you want. Like I had to learn to hug my mother. Mother wasn't very all that touchy feely affectionate because I wanted her to do it for me. Like it was very uncomfortable for me to say I love you to my mother, but it felt really good when I said it. And then I kept saying it and then I said it again and I said it and then she said it back. And for as crazy as my dad was, like that wasn't ever a, a thing. Um, now I'm really getting emotional. I don't even know if I've ever told my dad that I loved him, but he, I know he said it to me on more than one occasion. But I know that he also knew that I did ah, and on that note guys on that note Thursday 3pm Black Therapist Podcast Instagram page I uh, will be wearing our brand new my brand new God and Therapy tee my t-shirt is my favorite oh wait I might, I might wear another one I might wear another one cause then I'm ooh I think about it. All right. So I got two new t-shirts that are coming to the site. So I may wear either one of those, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, And then on March 7th is the next time I'm going to be going live. I may have to go live earlier because I completely forgot to have a training at work. And so I have to go into my office in the city. So either I have to go live from the office in Manhattan or find a Starbucks or whatever to go live in, um, which probably ain't going to happen because uh, I'm a late bird. I'm going to try to, I'm, I'm definitely going to have it. I just need to figure out how I'm going to do it. If I'm going to go an hour earlier or yeah, I can't do it later. I don't know. I, I, I don't remember how I said I was going to do it. Oh yes, I figured it out. Either I'm going to go at two o'clock or I'm going to have to go to the go to Manhattan and go in the office at three o'clock and then go live on three. But I'll let you know um, how I, I work that out. But me me getting getting to work early is probably not really a real thing for a training that I don't even know what's I don't even know what the training is about to be at, to to be honest, with you, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, um, yeah. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you for supporting us. I cannot wait to talk to you on Thursday. If you listen to the live on Thursday, ask me actual questions, submit them to my email address, blacktherapistpodcast.gmail.com. Slide on in my DMs. Just contact me and let me know what you got going on because I would really appreciate having some feedback and doing these lives. You guys know that um, recording in my house or in my office or whenever or wherever I'm recording, this can be very isolating. It's not like I get a lot of feedback. So when we do the lives, it's very important 
that I know you guys are there and that you are rocking with me. It means a whole lot to me. So I just wanted to make sure that we had um, I got some genuine feedback from you about what we're doing there and also get in some feedback from you, period, about what what I got going on. Let me know. Let me know what you want us to be doing that we're not doing. Let me know if there's a training or there's something, a resource or whatever that you need that I haven't given you, how we can get better and grow. Because like I said, that's part of the process. You either going to try or you're going to not learn, right? You're either going to fail or you're you're not going to learn your lessons. So um, that's really it. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your host, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I Banks on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A Banks.com and on the show's website, Black Therapist podcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh, show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com thank you be well